The following is a sermon from the Vicar at Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Our scripture for this sermon this morning is found in Romans chapter 8, and this is what the Apostle Paul writes for us. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time, and not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have yet, we wait for it patiently. This is the word of our Lord. This last week, I tried something that I've never done before. I sat in my office, and I tried to groan. I tried to, tried to remember what it sounded like to hear a person groaning, but as I sat there in my office, I couldn't replicate it. I just couldn't do it. And so I'm sitting there in my office, and, and I'm thinking about groans. And all I could do was think back to the last time that I actually groaned, the last time that I groaned in pain, February of 2018. I was laying on a gym floor and I was groaning in pain because my Achilles snapped in two. Then I remembered, then I remembered what it sounds like to groan. Everyone in this section of Romans is groaning today. Paul, creation, even the Holy Spirit is groaning. Paul writes, we know. We know that the whole creation has been groaning. If you've ever gone fishing, you know what it, what it looks like to watch creation groan. We may not be able to actually like see it, but we can hear it, but we can actually see it, can't we? We can definitely see it. You can watch as that fish is laying on the table and he's struggling to catch its breath. And then you can see his chest moving up and down rapidly, and all of a sudden it just starts to slow right down. And in that moment, when he, he's still got a little bit of life left in him, a knife penetrates his skin to cut out its bones. We know that the whole creation has been groaning. And it's not just creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly. We groan the pains and sufferings that that God's children face each day. An abusive childhood, diabolical attacks on our nation that turn 
passenger aircrafts into guided missiles, leaving thousands dead and millions afraid for their lives. Crying families who wonder if their black children will ever be safe in a world where racism still shows its face. Death and disease. And we know all about those, don't we? It's a 73-year-old grandfather who, who dies of coronavirus. It's the 13-year-old girl who's never going to be able to walk again. It's the woman who wakes up in the morning, a wife and a mother of three beautiful children, and then when she goes to sleep, she's a widow. Because her husband died tragically in a car accident on his way home from work. Paul gets it. I mean, he really gets it as he sits and he writes about emotional, physical, and spiritual pain. He recognizes that, that words fail. That you can't offer a hurting person words alone, but that you have to groan with them. You just have to groan. You have to mourn. Because in that moment, you're left speechless. Speechless as you consider the present sufferings and how they don't even compare that glory, that future glory. And so he does that. He groans with us and with all of creation today. And it's actually a pretty familiar sound. Maybe we don't usually notice it because we're used to it. It's just a cold. It's just a broken leg. Yeah, groan, it happens to everybody. But then there's moments where it's more than normal. When it's not just a cold, but when it's cancer. Alzheimer's. Depression. When the entirety of your earthly wealth blows up and smokes, or the pillar of your life dies, then, then we groan. And it really is a familiar sound to us. Because it's a sound that's echoed for years. A sound that goes way back to the beginning, and you can hear it loudly. The very first groans. For the creation was subjected to frustration. Not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Adam and Eve were groaning in that garden after the serpent's lies. And we know what it sounded like. It's the sound of a mother who for the first time in her life, she's giving birth and all she feels is piercing pain. It's the sound of a husband who sweats. He sweats as he walks through fields with thorns, only to find that he's not going to find enough food for his family that night. There wasn't enough rain. The soil, it's going bad. And now he groans. He groans because he can't even provide well for his family without suffering. And we know that God didn't create this for them. We know that he didn't create a world where there was just pain and suffering filled with it. There were no groans. There was no death. And this world would have never had known such a thing if it weren't for sin. If it weren't for Satan's lies. 
The same lies, in fact, that leave us discouraged in our hardest moments because Satan says, in your pain, you have nothing. And it's easy to believe. I mean, we can get, at least in a head knowledge sort of way, why the world is this way, but we still feel alone. We still feel worn down. We still groan. And Paul, he recognizes that. And so, and so instead of leaving us angry with God and discouraged in this lie that in our pain we have nothing, he says, just wait. Wait with me in eager expectation now while we groan because I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Glory. That's what our eyes see. They see the glimmering and shining beauty of heaven and how that doesn't even compare to our pains and suffering. Paul offers us more than words. He paints for us that image of shining glory, that image of heaven, and he paints one more. It's this deep image of a mother, a mother who waits to see that glory, a mother who for the first time in her life, all she feels is piercing pain. She hurts all over. Her body is twisted pulled and squeezed from the inside as she waits with eager expectation. There's so much pressure and it's almost too intense to bear. And then the whole room fills with the sound of groans. The pain that she was going through, it's gone in seconds. And she holds this miracle child in her arms. And then she hears it. The groans of her crying child who was just born. And, and this miracle child whose birth brought an end to her suffering, he lived and died for you and, and for me. He joined us, choosing to live in a world with suffering people. And just like us believers, he also groaned. He cried out, Why? Why, God, have you forsaken me? Jesus, our Savior, embodied all the pain and sufferings that we felt, and he never got an answer to that why that he called out from the cross. But he only heard silence. Because it was in that moment that God, his Father, took the great pains of his son's death, and he used it to pay the price for all sin, for all death for the destruction of Satan's lies. Suffering was the cost of God's loving forgiveness, and where sin would have had us groan forever, God answered with his grace. While we groan, it almost seems impossible to imagine what good can come from our sufferings. It's in those hard moments where we don't actually 
exactly know how to respond to the pains and sufferings and how they can be transformed into a cause for celebration. But Paul says, just wait. Wait with me in eager expectation. Wait with creation. Wait like a mother giving birth to her child and watch as her pain subsides. Look ahead to the day that we meet our Savior. That miracle child who was born, who rose again from the dead after his death, and who waits for you and I, who groans with you and I. Even though we groan now, we'll get through our birthing groans. And we will see that glory. As we eagerly wait for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our body. What do you say? What do you say to the woman who, who comes to you in agony over the sudden death of her child? What do you say when, when someone in your life, someone very close to you, has just died? The world, Satan and his lies, they have nothing in that moment. The Christian... The Christian has Jesus on the cross. And it's where they find the reason and the strength to go to that woman, take her in their arms, and cry together. Groan together. It's where that woman finds hope. As she waits for the day that she no longer sees death and decay, but she lives. She lives a new life in a new body a redeemed body that was bought and won for her through Jesus. In our pain, we do not have nothing. We have everything. We have God on a cross. And so we groan together. And we wait in eager expectation because in this hope, we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have. But if we hope for what we do not have yet, we wait for it patiently. When I think of this kind of hope, this kind of hope that Paul describes, hope in Jesus, I'm reminded of a woman who had been a hardworking mother. She developed a tumor that, that constant pain gradually crept through her body. Eventually, she collapsed at home alone. And every part of her would hurt. You see, this tumor, it would, it would never actually threaten her life. It just meant that she would never feel good in this world again. It meant that she was never going to be able to walk again in this world. And to watch her sit in pain... It just flat out hurt your heart. All her dreams were shattered. What does she live for? Well, a new dream wakes up. It wakes up in all that wreckage through the Spirit. It's to know Christ. To make Him known. And to see His face in heaven. And she always, she always saw those things as good. But now that's what she lives for. 
And this is God doing his best things in the midst of suffering and pain. Her name, it means heaven. And she's amazing. She's a wonder. You feel honored just to be in the same room as her. But it didn't just happen overnight. And her story isn't finished. This is how we live as Christians in a world where we grow. We're patient. We wait with eager expectation for Jesus to see his face. We live for him. We hope in him. Because in him, we're more than conquerors. And we have that future glory. Amen.